Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my non-binary friends, welcome to this week's episode of the What The Fluff podcast. We're going to be talking about friendship, and this episode's a little longer, and one of my, probably my favorite solo episodes so far, because I actually recorded it while I was streaming, so I was able to get some questions from chat after, and we were able to dive into some of the things we talked about a little bit more discuss of varying things and just have a damn good conversation, which at the end of the day is all I'm trying to do as my voice cracks. Puberty is rough. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode and uh, let me know what you think. Enjoy. So this week's episode, I wanted to talk about friendship because one of the things that I keep seeing on Twitter from I mean, I mostly follow streamers, but just from everybody is how people feel betrayed, how people feel used, how they feel like they've been there for everyone else, but people aren't there for them. And it made me very curious as to what friendship means for everybody, because I feel like that's one of the more gray areas of life, right? There's no class on how to be a good friend. You know, when you go into a marriage or something, uh, you have a girlfriend for the most part, what's expected, right? Obviously don't cheat, be committed to each other, love each other. There's sort of, there's in a way like pillars of framework for what a romantic relationship would look like, but there aren't that many for friendships. And so I thought I would just go on about what I think it means to be a friend and what friendship means and how all of that sort of, uh, sort of works. So let's get started. What do I think it means to be a friend? So for me, I've actually started to change that word because for some people the word friend is very sacred and that's not to say that I don't hold the word friend with something special for me a a friend is just a good person like that's why I say hello friends like every single per as long as you're a good person and you're not a potato in terms of just like we can actually have a relationship you you aren't out doing stupid things like just being a good human being with good morals and a good uh, good head on your shoulders. That's good enough to be a friend for me. Because of how I was raised, though, the next level for that is where I would say best friendship and where I guess you could say true relationship or true companionship lies for me, um, which is... First and foremost, being loving and accepting of me or who or whoever it is, right? If you don't love and accept me for everything that I am, flaws and all, then we're not going to be good friends. Um, now, this again is replied to all friends, right? Because of course, you don't want you're not going to have someone in your life that doesn't accept and love you. So, at the very core, that has to be it. Then the second aspect that plays into that is when I do fail at um, being a good human being, 
that you lovingly and as quickly as possible communicate that to me. This is where I feel like it turns into the more best friendship, right? Because at the very, the very basic level, be a nice, good person and accept everyone, right? Like that's just a base. I almost feel like you don't have to say that, but you do because that's a thing that a lot of people don't do. Accepting and loving. Boomtown. Number two, which I feel like is where so many people struggle and what of one of my biggest learnings recently over the last two years has been, has been the act of communicating the things that bother you to someone else. This is where it can get tricky because the other person has to be able to receive and understand this information as well, right? Because again, if you have a friendship, both of you have to be seeing eye to eye or at least be open to getting to a place of seeing eye to eye. Otherwise, there's going to be miscommunications. There's going to be misunderstandings in the relationship. If we have an understanding where I know that I'm going to always bring up the things that bother me, or if you say something mean to me and I bring it up to you in a kind and compassionate way, we resolve that. If I'm doing that and you're holding on to the things that bother you, then there's going to be a point where you explode and then we have this misunderstanding which can be avoided if you just communicate with me openly and honestly. Now, a big aspect of that communication, like I said, open and honestly, but kind, necessary, uh, true, and, oh, one of you in chat is going to help me as I say this, but... There are four aspects when it comes to communicating something. Is it kind and necessary, honest and true? I want to say that that's what it is. So again, if I'm having a disagreement with someone that's my friend, uh, I'm not going to say, you're a stupid idiot. This is actually how it is because that's not kind. What I would say is, hey, I actually disagree with you. Would you, this is where I'm coming from. Boom, kind, honest, and necessary oh and true i think i lost what is it kind why am i i always mess this one up kind necessary honest and true something along those lines that pretty much that that's pretty much how it how it goes there um because if if any of those things are not kind honest necessary and true then why are you saying them because again, the whole point is to be a kind and compassionate human being. And when I am accidentally crossing that line or being upsetting, I want to be able to know that my friend can tell me that. Because again, a big part of that relationship is growing with each other. And what causes people to grow is uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable conversations. And if those conversations aren't being had, that opportunity to grow is going away. And so... Having that level of open and honesty and kindness in terms of communication is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. And then the third aspect, so we have first aspect is just loving and accepting. Second is open, honest, and kind communication. Um, The third would be what I feel a lot of you are saying, um... Actually, I feel like the the respect would go in with the love and acceptance, right? Because 
let's let's just include respect in the beginning part, right? Because love and acceptance, I feel like an a respect is included in that, right? Because if you if you are open and accepting and loving of a person, I feel like you would respect them, right? Because I, I'm I'm having an issue in my own brain of thinking of someone that I would feel is a kind, compassionate, good human being and not respect them. So I, I would love, yeah, let's throw respect into that first part. So first part of the friendship is respecting that person. And in my opinion, that respect comes from just loving and accepting them. Um, because again, if those things aren't there, you can't have a good base of a relationship. And then you get a little deeper you have that open and honest communication. And then I feel, yes, the last part, which CJ just pointed out right here, which is the ability to grow and learn from each other. That is the last aspect. Grow, learn, and one term that I heard from, I'm forgetting her name, but she was just a guest on um, We Can Do Hard Things with Glennon Doyle. And basically... She mentioned it as your friends are your recharge stations. So I'm not going to spend time with someone that when I leave your presence, I feel drained. I feel like something was taken from me. Even when my friends are having really bad days and they need to vent and we're there to have that emotional back and forth, I still leave feeling charged in a way. I still feel because through whatever discussion was had, there was growth, there was learning, there was understanding, there was empathy, there was that level of connection, which at the end of the day is what we all want, right? That's the basic, the basis of friendship is just that, that connection. So love, respect, radical acceptance, open, honest, and kind communication, the ability to learn, grow, and recharge each other. And then I think that fourth aspect, at least for me, is something that I truly can't speak on in the fact that I don't know the words to say it other than it, I, I, it's just a, there's a connection. I don't know what it is. I, I'm starting to realize that I have felt this ever since I was younger. Whenever I meet someone I'm hoping it's not me just snap judging someone, but whenever I have an interaction or a conversation with someone, there's an immediate feeling that I get in my body after 15, 15 seconds to a minute of being around this person where I'm just like, yes, I don't know what, what that is, but there's just a, like this person belongs in my energy space. Like this person I can trust myself with. And that's the fourth one. That's something that it's, I can't teach. I don't know how to articulate it other than like when I'm around my best friends or like it, it, I can liken it because when I first started hanging out with Shafe, there, there was just that feeling of yes, no other, no other way of putting it um, other than like we vibe. And, and there's, there's no effort. Like how I mentioned on stream a little bit ago, how that's how I choose who I stream with is I don't have to think 
about anything. It just is. We can talk for three hours straight with no silence in between, or we can sit for three hours in silence and still leave feeling like we had a good time. To me, that's what friendship is and something something that I love. So yeah, that's that's my and so knowing all of those things I feel like it puts me in a good place because every time I I enter into a conversation with someone or or am in a scenario where I know I might be meeting new people whatever, I have such yeah, we kind of danced around some things just in terms of the language of it, but I have such a clear idea of what a friend is to me. Like one of the things that I refuse to accept anymore is that a friend is a martyr for someone else. My appreciation of your friendship is not based on how much you sacrifice for me. The thing is, I'm more upset at you when you sacrifice things for me Period, because then there's there's a stop in which I can't control what you do, right? So if you are going to sacrifice yourself for a friendship, I can't stop that. And what I mean by sacrifice yourself for a friendship, what I mean by being a martyr is that I have literally nothing left in my tank and I still go out of my way to do something for someone. Now, are there certain scenarios where that's what being a good friend is. Yes, there are certain times where you might not have something in you, but your friend calls you up and maybe they they just lost a family member. Maybe something drastic is going on and like there there's that understanding with me and my friends of like we know when we need each other because I can call them up and say, "Hey, I had a bad day. Would you want to hang out?" And he can be like, nah, dude, I don't, I'm sorry, dude, I'm doing stuff with Sarah or blah, 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 blah. Totally fine, dude. I get it. I want you to take your priority, your life first. However, if I called, but if I called and said, yeah, dude, it's not been a good day. And he's like, hey, like, are you okay? If I said no, I know my friends would be there in a heartbeat. But what I've created with all of my friends is we know we have that language to know like, hey, do you need me? And if you say yes, you bet your fucking ass, unless I'm dying, that I'm going to be there. So they know we have that understanding of taking care of yourself first, of making sure that your cup is filled because you can't go into the world and be a better person and make others better if you aren't taking care of yourself first. Um, so that's a big, 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 big part is making sure that you are taking care of you and you're being there for yourself first. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big thing for me, man. That's a really, really big thing for me. Um, yeah, because one of the most powerful things you can tell a friend is no done. Uh, That's, that's a beauty of a good friend. If I say, Hey, I'm unable to do that and I get shit, or there's some backwards negativity about it, then we aren't meant to be that good of friends because 
everyone, I, I think that's that's one of the things that I see on Twitter so much is everyone extends themselves so far and expects that in return. I don't expect shit from my best friends. Anything. Just because I pick you up from the airport when it's snowing and it took me an hour and a half and I had to deal with traffic doesn't mean that on a beautiful sunny day when it's going to take you round trip 30 minutes, if I ask you to do that and you say you can't, I hold nothing against you. It immediately is out of my brain because, again, I know that if you're in a place to do something as my friend, we're going to be able to do it. And I hold nothing against you for not being able to do something like that. But I feel like so many people don't have that idea. They have that, oh, because I put so much energy into something that I'm immediately owed that energy back. And that's not true. That's not true friendship. True, true friendship is giving that person whatever it is, helping that person in any way, and knowing that they can say no for the rest of eternity, and that is okay. So many people don't do that. So many people die on the sword and think that because they've done so many things for somebody that they're immediately expected that in return. And to, to lie and say that as a human being, we don't hope, maybe we can hope that someone would be able to be there for us. But at the end of the day, Again, someone not habitually being able to be there for me doesn't make me think of them as less of a human being because that's also assuming that they also, that I know their life. Everyone, again, always assumes that they know everyone else's life. They take everything so personal. The truth is, I'm going to give two perspectives. The truth is you don't know what their schedule's like. You don't know if that one time that they helped you was the only time that they had for the next two weeks. And then every time that you maybe have gone and asked, maybe after uh, you helped them for something else, maybe they're not going to be able to do that for the next month. But just because they're not able to do that for the next month doesn't mean that they might be able to do it in the future. Perspective one. Perspective two, nobody owes you shit. So truly, it doesn't matter if the person had all the free time in the world. If someone says no to you, someone just said no to you. That doesn't make them any less of a friend. That doesn't make them any less of a kind human being. But again, this all goes to how you define friendship, what being a friend means to you. And also making sure that you're doing that in the framework of a healthy relationship, which is also difficult. So... That's, that's my philosophy on friendship, essentially, is just absolute love, uh, radical love, acceptance, and respect for, uh, for someone. The open, honest, and kind communication that you share together. The ability to grow, learn, and recharge each other. And then finally, when it comes to like the tip of the iceberg friendship for me, or actually just any basic form of friendship is just a feeling of like, you get me. This is, this feels good. This is right. All of those things together and a beautiful just knowledge of yourself and, and your own give and takes in a relationship and your own expectations and realities of the world, all of those things together 
will allow you to be able to be the best friend possible, in my opinion. And um, so I, I hope that this was able to help you guys in some way. I hope maybe it helped you think about friendship in another way. Uh, but since we have all of you beautiful people here, and it seems like so many of you were here for a fair portion of the uh, of the talk, what do you guys have any questions? I'd love, I'd love to be able to get you guys on the podcast, throw you guys out there and uh, talk about some things. So let's freaking do it, man. Deaf guy, Mr. Chase Morgan, don't expect anything in return. Always pay it forward and you don't know what they've been through without being in their shoes. Exactly. Exactly. But see, even again, that's, that's why I would liken, I would liken to knowing what it's been through to be in their shoes to an expression that I love that I learned on the Man Enough podcast from Alok. And what Alok said, which is something that I'm trying to practice now, is uh, compassion before comprehension. So many people feel, or, or an example would be, how many times do you hear the example, I just can't understand, or if only I can understand, if only I can understand what it's like to be trans, gay, non-binary, straight, another minority, growing up in a third world country, put a, put whatever reason you want in there. The thing is, you don't need to understand in order to be compassionate, right? So that's why feel free to stop giving a reason after you say no to something, right? Because someone, your explanation of why you say no is essentially explaining to them and making what you're getting is that other person telling you it's okay that you said no when that person does not get to decide whether my no was okay or not so by choosing compassion over comprehension i am loving that person before understanding or learning whatever it is they're going through. I'm throwing as much love to that person as possible because you know what? You say no, fuck yeah, dude, great. Don't tell me why. I don't need to know why in order to love you for whatever it is, right? So that, uh, I, I love that compassion before comprehension. That's such a beautiful thing for me. Yo, CJ... Gragly, I appreciate that, man. Ethan Legg, I've kind of stopped asking anything from anyone after getting walked on and stolen from. You're good on most friendships these days. You keep your friends from childhood. That's about it. And that's a fair perspective. That's also one thing that is, is completely understandable is to not want to be friends with everyone. And that's, that's one thing that I feel is difficult when you start to get older is that Already when I was younger, I didn't have that many close friends. I wasn't the person that had a gigantic social circle. It was literally two people. I had Dom DeSano and I had Teddy Reimer. Those were my two buddies. That's really the only people that I would really ever hang out with in high school. And now that I'm an adult, dude, I have so much less time to do anything being an adult takes enough time, let alone growing and fostering new relationships. So it is also 100% acceptable to say no to new friends for whatever reason that might be. I hope it's not from, I would hope that it's not from a place of like 
I don't trust people because that's, that's not a fun place to be living life from, but being very specific and having a high set of standards for who you choose to spend your time with is something that I will never, ever, ever have an issue with. Not even ever close. So that's, uh, you, you shouldn't have any, any issue with having a, a small group of friends. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, so Kalar Davis, if you are struggling with that, do you feel as if it's you not loving yourself? Does that get in the way of connections? You feel you could have gotten to the point of trust, acceptance, empathy, understanding. So, um, Kahar, can you, would you mind specifying if I'm struggling with what? Because I did just monologue and I don't know what specifically that topic is. Um, but I will say, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let you Kahar, I'm going to let you finish, uh, specifying for that because I would love to get to that question. I would love to get to that question. Yeah. Megan, being an adult is very, very exhausting. CJ, I'm happy you're having these conversations with your friends. These are the beautiful, beautiful conversations that we all should be having with our friends. First live stream I joined on in Fair Play, you talk about, you talk complete sense. I totally understand my theory on friendship. Yo, I appreciate that. Thank you so, 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 so much. Thank you. Michael Lappet, I find this discussion super poignant right now. I've been trying to help my wife by taking on a lot of the household items because she has been overwhelmed with work. But I feel that I have been guilty of having the expectation that while I'm doing this, that, or the other thing, she is doing something proactive. Even though I have told her, I'll do this, go take a break. This really drives it home that you need to not have expectations of what she is doing. So you're not disappointed with what has been done. You've been setting yourself up for failure. Now it's a matter of putting this into practice. Lap it. That's beautiful. And that's, I, yeah, that's a beautiful place. And yeah, not having that expectation of what she's doing, but also trying to come from a place within your own self of doing something for the pure idea that it gets done. Because here's the thing, and, and this, is, this is one of the things that I started to feel with my old relationship and I didn't realize it, was that we as men, naturally, we do less around the household, right? For those of you men that are in a relationship, I feel like for the most part um, in a heteronormative relationship that that is true. And when we start to go above and beyond and do things that aren't our job, we want praise or we now expect that our, our, our partner is going to be doing other work because now we've taken this on where the whole point of us doing those things should be to do them. And if our partners don't say shit, that is okay. We are not there to get accolades. Naturally, some of us's love language might be words of affirmation. So of course, if you have a partner that knows that words of affirmation are your thing and you're going above and beyond and you've been working your booty cheeks off and that partner doesn't congratulate you, I can understand that that would be a very, very, that would be an upsetting thing because I'm a words of affirmation person and that did upset me. However, you do have to get to that point where you realize there's a line of which doing a little bit more doesn't require congratulations. Doing basic shit doesn't require congratulations. It's when you might go in above and beyond consistently that it would be great. But again, it is never required. 
So beautiful taking the expectation off of her, but also trying to do, try and find a place of doing those things just to do them without the expectation that you will be rewarded or she will do anything as a thank you. So let me know. Let me know if that helps. Oh, here we go. So Kalar, struggling in the apartment, uh, struggling in the department of building on connections with people I feel are my friends. Do I feel like it's not? Let me start that over. Struggling in the department of building on connections with people I feel are my friends. Beautiful start. Do I feel that not loving myself can get in the way of those things? One million percent I do. Now, mind you, all of this is coming from a person who's just listened to a fair amount of podcasts, read some books, and has been doing emotional digging myself. I'm not a psychologist, a therapist, and none of this should be considered medical gold, but I'm going to talk about it. Hold on. Let me close my door real quick. I need to fill my cat's little automated water thing because it, when it's empty, it starts to just go and that's no fun for us. So I would 1 million percent do say that not loving yourself, not loving yourself can get in the way of everything in life. Whether it be, whether it be your friendships, whether it become, uh, whether it's your job, your hobbies, everything. If you don't love yourself, it's going to make you, it's going to make it harder for you to do everything, let alone make friends, right? Because how am I supposed to rule number one of, uh, of friendship for me? How am I supposed to fully love, accept and respect someone else? If I don't have that for myself, if I don't know what that looks like for myself, how am I going to know what it's like to model it onto someone else? Um, and as like, you might not see it being a uh, straight, tall, heterosexual, white, attractive male. I struggle with that self-confidence. I feel weird. I don't feel like I belong in a lot of spaces because I'm high, you know, right? Like I, that is why for me, it's very, it's been difficult to make male friendships because <coughs> A, I feel a vibe when I meet someone. And if I get that bro-y vibe, if I get that, that like peacocky, I gotta, I gotta prove myself, we're not gonna be friends. However, that started off coming from a place of me not feeling man enough, of me not feeling like I can connect with that bro-y dude because I don't feel like that tough man guy. Like, I'm not that dude that's going to join you on a hunt and then go chop down some lumber so we can make our own fire, right? I'm the guy asking where the fancy cabin is and can, do they have room service? So, but however, what I started to learn and what I started to love is that that's me. I am that person and I love that I might not be for everyone. I love the fact that I have my weird quirks and i love the fact that my brain is randomly going everywhere and i have all these different characters and i feel very very in touch with my feminine side and also feel like i understand that i don't need to be masculine in order to be a man yet i understand the things that do make me feel masculine so there's the more you understand and learn about yourself the better friend and person you're going to be able to be because again, if you can't identify these things in yourself and, and grow them and learn them and sit with them, 
then the chances of you being able to do that with someone else are very, very unlikely. And uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like that that might have answered the question a little bit. Um, an interesting topic is parental guilt. I wish I could talk about that. I actually listened to a podcast episode about parental guilt before. Uh, and that was one of the things that Glennon Doyle was talking about when it came to uh, for those of you who don't know, Glennon Doyle is a author, mother, freaking activist, just an amazing kick-ass human being. She is married to Abby Wambach. She was in a heterosexual marriage, had two kids. And one of the things that she was working through when it came to her having met Abby and realizing, oh shit, I don't want to be in this heterosexual relationship anymore. I like this woman was the guilt of doing that to her kids. Like you're, you're supposed to be a, a perfect family. You're supposed to, um, you know, have a mother and a father and they're not supposed to get divorced. We're in a happy relationship. But one thing that helped her get out of that was the thought of if my daughter was in my place, if would I want this relationship for her? Now, there's so much parental guilt that we're probably not talking about, but and this is a specific example of that, but that's where she decided to choose her happiness and realize that her freeing of herself and choosing of her happiness would only lead to more happiness for those around her. Because if you wouldn't choose this relationship for your child, for your loved one, why on earth would you accept it for yourself? And that can be one of the, I can't imagine, I can only imagine as a parent how difficult that must be, which is why I may, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I don't want children because I, I am so with choosing me, at least where I am in my life right now, that being able to put another human being first for so long would not be able to, would not be able to be something that would make me happy and not something that I would actually want to do. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that was that. And what is man enough? So man enough is a podcast that's started by, that is Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath and Liz Plank. And they have random people on, uh, well, not random, but they have differing people on every week. And it is a podcast that talks about what it is to be a man and the undefining of masculinity in the world because what they believe and what I actually truly believe now is that patriarchy is the worst thing to happen to our society. So the, um, the preparation of strength and resilience and unwavering knowledge and that typical man that is the most toxic thing to our culture because if you think about the traits that make up masculinity, again, one thing that Justin Baldoni says on Man Enough, if you wanted to create the most badass weaponized robot on earth, what would you, what would you make it? You'd make it certain, strong, powerful, assertive, typical masculine qualities. But if you wanted to give that, if you wanted to turn that robot into a human, what would you do? You'd give him the feminine qualities, openness, understanding, compassion, kindness. But what 
Justin and what all of those, uh, what Justin, Jamie, and Liz are trying to do through the Man Enough podcast is to put out the idea that being a being kind, compassionate, and vulnerable doesn't make you any less of a man. It makes you a better human being. Being strong, assertive, powerful, dominant is only amazing if you can also be vulnerable, compassionate, kind, and understanding. And so what they're trying to do is take away all of those men have to be, you have to be strong, you have to be jacked, you have to be unwavering, you can never show your emotions. They're trying to take that that narrative, fucking squash it into the ground and say that being a man is being a kind, compassionate human being. That's why I don't, I don't, I don't, that's why I can say I've never felt man enough because I've never felt that fucking, you know, duh, 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 that so many quote unquote alphas have. And that's also led me to believe that like being an alpha isn't about being that, being that like guy. No, it's about being kind. It's about being a leader that listens. It's about being strong and compassionate. It's about being certain and curious, right? All of those things make a perfect human being. And so that's that's what Man Enough is. And that is why it's one of my absolute favorite qualities. Exactly. And that's why they're behavioral traits, but they've been created into a binary to, to again, separate us. Everything has been to separate us. Labels and all of those things have been to divide us where now we're just trying to get back to what it means to be a human being, what it means to be in connection with each other and just be kind, compassionate and amazing human beings. Um, so yeah, man, I think that's going to do it. This is going to be our longest episode so far, almost 40 minutes. So whether you guys tuned in on the stream, uh, Excuse me, I give that like a five and a half. Whether you guys are listening to this on the podcast, Spotify, uh, Google, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever it is, I cannot thank you guys enough for listening. Thank you guys for participating and joining in. I might want to do a follow-up on this. So if you guys want, go ahead, drop some comments on this because uh, I'd like to hear what else you guys want to talk about. I'm thinking the next episode is going to be a little bit about my journey and sort of how I've figured out these varying things and and sort of a little back history on me. And I'm really excited to actually put that out. I feel like it's going to be very fun. So look out for that. That should be out next week. But other than that, do me a favor. If you guys have the ability to drop a like, leave a comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And thank you for uh, for listening to this episode of What the Fluff. I appreciate you, and I will catch you on the next one.